Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on from the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day, college football, we know who's number one, understand, on the phones, you know we get it done, so call in 718-664-9098 and we'll give you more, talking sports, uh, yes we do, talking sports, uh, it's for you, play and play and we spit it every day. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay Eric Taylor, and we are hyped up to talk sports. It is a big day, big news, big things going on. So give us a call, 718-664-9098, like always. And we've got Ray and Tay today at gmail.com. Ray and Tay today, Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, YouTube, we're, we're everywhere with it. And Ray, it's all about the sheriff because he's retired and given us his life, a great speech, everything. And I mean, what else can you say? I mean, it was, it was amazing. Did you see the speech? Yes, I did. I checked it out. I didn't see it live, but I checked it out. And, you know, he's the ultimate professional. And he hit on all the senses. He was crying throughout the speech. He was emotional. And he gave a lot of props to his friends, to his teammates, his coaches, to the fans, to the organization. <laughs> yeah, he was He was just, I mean, this is exactly what the NFL wants to put forth as the face of the league. Now, let's hope that there's not some, you know, all these allegations, or, you know, if they're not true, then he's exactly what, the, you know, the NFL wants. A guy who came in as number one, the number one pick. Remember, it was between him and Ryan Leaf, and there was this thing about, you know, <laughs> should you take Ryan Leaf because his Manning uh-huh. overrated because of the last name. Anyway, so the Indianapolis Colts take him. He stays with them for 14 years. Then he goes to Denver wins two Super Bowls, five MVPs, and is the model citizen right. in he terms goes of the to face two Super Bowls. of the NFL. Goes to two Super Bowls, wins his second. And what's so amazing, a couple of different things. Now, look, Brady has a chance if he plays four more years to pass a couple of his numbers and stats, so it's not like they're untouchable. But to, lead, to pass Favre the way he did in touchdowns, yardage, everything, like you said, the five MVPs, but – Getting to two Super Bowls with Denver, he's played with 445 different players. And I think Manning is the one guy that you can say along the way, everybody learned something from him and was better because they played with and learned something from Peyton Manning. And you, it's so rare. Like, and we always talk about this era. We now, it's, it's you know, the, these three guys, Jeter, Kobe, and Manning, are leaving their sports, the three major sports, better than they left it. They were all winners, champions, this and that, and they all kind of they, they they had this. I don't want to say a, a perfectionist, but this insatiable work ethic that you respect. And with Manning, nobody was ever going to outwork Peyton Manning, and that's what he said. He said, "Don't listen to the pundits, and they tell you that I wanted to master everything. 
It was for my reverence for the game and how much I respected and loved the game that I gave everything I had and made sure that I would work harder than the next guy and his other 52 players. And to me, I just can say thank you because the memories are, it's a plethora and you and I were not Colts fans, but there are many Sundays that you became a Colts fan because we always would say, you can't ever count out the Colts when they got the sheriff and he just would come back and score in fourth quarters and drives. And I mean, the best, probably the best regular season quarterback ever. And I think you and I recently said after this season that we probably rank him third all time behind Brady and Montana or Montana and Brady and nothing's wrong with that. So the one so thing, though, no, you hit it 100%, 100%, and the one thing the I would say about Manning, about Manning and Jeter and Kobe, Kobe is probably the most talented of all those guys just because he's just got that God-given talent. And, you know, Jeter, also very talented. Manning, you know, if you think about it, he didn't have the biggest arm. He wasn't the most mobile. But he had the best combination of preparation and attention to detail that maybe the NFL's ever seen. You know, this guy was able to take his God-given abilities and really, really get the most out of it. Because if you look at the way his career has progressed, he came in, he even said he came in and he set the NFL record for interceptions by a rookie. Now, he did play 16 games, right? Some rookies don't play 16 games. But he always got better. He always worked on his game. He always invested the time. And like he said in his speech, there could have been people bigger, better, faster, stronger, more accurate, but nobody worked harder than Peyton Manning. And it's a pleasure to see that those three guys, Jeter, Kobe, Peyton, all going out, but all were the hardest workers on their team. You know, they didn't just say, oh, my talent got me here and I can coast. They said, no, no, I'm going to work hard and be that guy. Legendary for their work ethic. Everybody. All three of them legendary for their work ethic. Absolutely. Hold on. I think we got a caller maybe wants to talk some football or some other sports. (laughs) Yeah, hello, caller. You're on the air with Ray and Tay. Where are you calling from and what's your name? Hey, what's up, guys? It's Jordan from Cincinnati, calling from Albuquerque. I called in the other night. Yeah, yeah how you doing? What's up, man? Hey, how's it, got, how's it going? Good, All right, good. good, good, good. What's on your mind? Um, I just saw the – I don't know if this has been a topic yet or not, but I just saw the news of DeMarco Murray. Oh, we're Where? about to get to it. You're yeah. like a you're like okay, a producer okay. on the I'm show. Little... You're like a producer on the show. That's the segue. <laughs> That's where we're going next. I love it. <laughs> Well, yeah, not oh, just, wow. you know what's crazy about that, Jordan? It's not just Murray, because Ray kind of said it, and it's like wild. It's almost as if they, the new regime wants to get rid of anything that Chip Kelly did. Because So they move Kiko Alonso and Maxwell to the Dolphins, and then Murray to the Titans. And good for the Titans to get him, and they're building nicely, and they'll probably take Tunsil number one, you know, build around Mariota. Exactly. Yeah, and but the Eagles, the question is, when you get rid of sort of like, you know, now let's be honest, Maxwell wasn't great. Alonzo got hurt. He was average. Murray, I don't think was so good, but I think it was more about the system, not Murray. But do you, is that, do you feel like the Eagles are making smart moves or cleaning house just to clean house? 
Um, I feel like some of the moves have been smart. Um, the one move I really wasn't in love with was the Bradford move. But we got to see how money? that works out, I guess. Is it too much money you don't like it or the years or two years? Because you gotta you got to have a starter. You're not going to go with Sanchez. Yeah. And you're not guaranteed anybody in free agency or the draft that's better. I, I honestly just think they swung a little early. And maybe you see – because we've kind of seen what Sam Bradford is. He is good. And – um. Right. But I, I, I do like I, – I don't know how I feel about the Murray move. I feel like that was when he didn't want to be in Philly anymore. That one year ruined his entire outlook, and it was, you know, get me out of here. And yeah. remember, they were saying he might go to Dallas. People were talking that he might, re, you know, have the reunion. Yeah. So I'm surprised Tennessee stepped up and got him. That's uh, pretty smart because now Tennessee Well, I think Murray's a system runner. Huh? I said I think Murray is a system runner, and I think that was revealed that if you take Murray out of that downhill system that the, yeah, that the Cowboys are running, he's yeah. a one-cut kind of back. He's big, he's strong, but you know what? It was pretty obvious from day one that Ryan Matthews is a better fit in terms mm-hmm. of the, the Chip Kelly Philadelphia system. So Murray, I don't know if Tennessee, I mean, anybody's going to be better than the Eagles in terms of, you know, the fit with Murray. So he had to go, uh, you know, good for the Eagles are getting something in return, getting rid of that, you know, he signed, what, a 10-year, sorry, a four-year, $40 million contract. Um, You know, I hear you with Sam Bradford, but, like, I I agree with Tay on this one. They need a quarterback. And Doug Doug Peterson, the new head coach, is a quarterback offensive guy. So for the money – I don't know who else was out there. This is probably a weak free agent year in terms of quarterback. Everybody hoards the quarterbacks, right? RG3 is the only, really the only guy out there potentially. And they should bring him in as a backup, you know, just in case. I think that's a good move. A lot of teams are looking at RG3, not just the Eagles, potentially Niners, Broncos, Texans. So we'll see where he lands. He was officially cut today, too. Yeah, all these become official on Wednesday, I guess. The signings can become official on Wednesday uh, when, well, the, when the NFL season starts. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the releases are official, but the signings. So we'll yeah. see what the, what the draft pick compensation is because we don't know yet what Tennessee's giving up to get Murray. But I think both teams win in this one. I think Tennessee had the, had the last had, – was 32 in terms of rushing offense. So they can only get better. And, and all their runners kept getting hurt. So yeah. what they hope – is that Murray? I think Murray ran the ball like almost 400 times two years ago in Dallas. So they're hoping he's still got some t- tread on the tire. A really positive thing for me with this in Tennessee is maybe that shows that they're going to try to make Marcus Mariota more of the Russell Wilson, a conventional quarterback who can make plays when necessary, but not necessarily a read option, zone read type of quarterback. Oh, definitely. This is going to be beautiful for Mariota. And Malarkey will work with him. I'm telling you, I, if I was a Titans fan, I would be really excited. Because that means, number one, you take Tunsil, you move Lawan over to right tackle, you have the bookend tackles, you have Murray, Cobb, and Shanky as your running backs, Delaney Walker, tight end, receivers, Kendall Wright, and Doriel Beckham Green. I would sign a wide receiver in free agency if you can get somebody pretty good. And then, boom, you know, you, you're off and running second round. Let's see what else you get. And, you know, I I think they have to go defense. Yeah. But they got to build up the defense, too. 
Hey, what do you think about? So everybody talks about Manning, but if you look about 2021 now, you throw in Logan Mount, uh, Macon, who retired, seven-time Pro Bowler as the you know former um, you know 11 years and former Patriot with the Buccaneers as well. Marshawn Lynch, we're waiting on Megatron. We know Jared Allen and Charles Woodson. I mean, this could be a wow. couple of guys might make that Hall of Fame first ballot, not just Manning. Could be a good class, huh? I can see uh, Woodson definitely getting in first. But I, I know it's hard for safeties, but just the length. Well, he's a corner first. Way he he'll went get him. He's a corner first. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. Woodson and Manning are the locks. The other guys might have to wait. But overall, it's just a, it's it's really just a remarkable class. And I think to me, and we debated it on our show. We both feel, even though it's nine years, if Megatron retires, Megatron is a Hall of Famer right away. I don't I care. Agree. That guy's a monster. The level of dominance. I mean, he dominated the NFL. It would, triple teams didn't matter. Oh yeah. Yeah. My only my only thing with you know in football, and I'm I'm never mad at somebody for retiring when they can still walk and they don't have concussions and they don't have CTE and all that stuff. But having said that, you know, as a football fan, I'll put him in the same category as well. The older folks will say Jim Brown too, but I'll put him in the same category as Barry Sanders, as Robert Smith. And Megatron, you know, those those marquee, it seems like offensive players tend to go earlier, but marquee offensive players that I felt retired and they still had gas left in the tank. You know, I would love to see him play more, but, you know, he's a, he's a smart kid. He's, uh, you know, his parents are professors down there at Georgia Tech, and, I, you know, I, I can't be mad, but I, I would have loved three, four more years of Megatron. Maybe it's just the Lions. <laughs> Nobody wants <laughs> yeah, right? to stick around. Uh, and Megatron, right? Or maybe it's that NFC listen, North. <laughs> listen, listen. God bless those Detroit fans and people. I mean, from Flint in the water to players getting, you know, they can't get a break. Only in college sports <laughs> does Michigan have success. But I tell you, man, and the Red Wings, right? But Detroit football, and it's been a long time since the Pistons have won. You know, even though they had two different teams that won, you got to root for the Lions, man. I think Lions fans in football, they're like, uh, I don't want to say they're like Cub fans in baseball, but, you know, Lions need some love. They really need some love. Hey, Jordan, before we let you go. Don't forget they've lost to Ohio State like 12 straight Uh, years. I just have to throw that out there. I know. We we like Michigan football. That's (laughs) all right. So let me ask you this real quick before we let you go. Does Brock – does Brock sign this deal, or does he try to go test the waters? Oh. Three years, $45 million offered from the Broncos. They're smart. They're loading up the money. They want to keep him. Does he stay in Denver where he probably should, or would Hugh Jackson try to throw in a contract to up it for the Browns? What do you think? This, this has been something I have been torn with since week 17. In my mind, Brock's going to test it. Brock wants to see what he's worth. I feel like him knowing that he came in and played pretty well last year, and I understand it was Peyton Manning. It's a legend. But as a competitor, you got yanked. I feel like Brock wants to see what he's worth. And he really maybe he wants more to than maybe stick it to John Elway. Hey, you know, I thought I was going to lead us into the postseason. What happened? And maybe maybe you want to stick it to Denver a little bit. That's fair. And, and get away from that defense in practice. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> I, I would have thought I, – I would think that he would take the money. But I will say this, though. Denver has no options, right? So, so in, 
in some ways Brock has all the has all the the cards, so he all can the set the war yeah. and still go back to the Broncos, right? He can say, all right, John, just like you gave Peyton Manning, quote unquote, unlimited time. I mean, it's not unlimited, but you gave Pan- Manning a month, so I need some time too to to do this, you know, to to try my hand at, at free agency. Um, but I think ultimately he'll stay because he'll get more than forty million, though, don't you think? I think that's lowballing him, fifteen million a year for potentially a playoff starting quarterback. Well, you just Especially said potentially. Like what, what Ryan Tannehill are getting paid, and what, like when Andy Dalton got his contract, that looked ridiculous at the time. It's crazy if you show any signs of franchise quarterback, quote unquote, you can get the buck and you have the leverage. And Brock can say, "I'm big, I'm strong with a big arm." You don't think Cleveland will pay? You don't think Houston will pay me to go start right away? Oh, I think both organizations would pay three for fifty. Or, 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 or more, because to me, I think Brock proved a lot. That, pay, that first Patriot game, I remember on our show, I, I, I went with them, and I thought Brock would do it, and he did. And, you know, yes, they had a great defense, but Brock had some good games. We've got to give him a little bit of love. And to me, $15 million a year for three years, that's not too much love from the team that you were just with. I don't think that's love. That's kind of like I like you a lot. <laughs> yeah, but guys. Well, we got to but... Miller. Fellas, yeah, I was about to say, fellas, you know, he no, they want to keep got Jackson. Miller. They want Malik to keep Jackson in the middle. Yeah. yeah. But here's uh. the thing. He only – I'm, I'm not saying he's Matt Flynn on the one hand, but I'm also <laughs> saying – I'm not saying he's Russell Wilson. So he's somewhere in the middle. $15 million is probably slightly below average for starting quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't have the numbers in front of me. It but is. what did he play? Average. He played six or seven games. I mean, that's all he put. Now, granted, they, they've seen him in practice, so they know what they're getting in practice. But, but I don't know that he deserves that much more than that. I mean, eventually, maybe he needs some, some incentive options. But he let me ask you this. He's is Brock, proven it on the field. Let me ask you. Is Brock better than Kirk Cousins? No. Ooh. I don't think so. I mean, I think okay, Kirk Cousins is more on the field. I'm just curious. I'm just I'm throwing it out there. And the way I look at it, just the way it is now, Brock, even with only having played six or seven games, I think you look at him versus RG3 versus Ryan Fitzpatrick. Versus, it's more upside. It's more potential. Brock's free agency really hit at a crucial, crucial period for him to cash out as much as possible now. I agree with that. It couldn't have been better. Yeah. So, all right. Well, listen, we got we got a lot to talk about. We'll be back on Friday, and, and the deals will be official on Wednesday, so it's going to be hyped up. I'm telling you, this is this is definitely taste one of my favorite times of the year because the NFL offseason and the NFL season, it just keeps going and going yeah, and going. Yeah, really fast offseason. And it, that's what <laughs> makes it so much fun for me. And, you know, you want to see how these teams are really, you know, are they equipped to handle – what they need to do to properly fill out their rosters. Look, the Giants are already saying to Cruz, look, homie, we want to keep you, but you got to, you know, you haven't been healthy. You got to take a little bit less money. You know, so that is the, is the BMOC. (laughs) Yeah. So that's going to be fascinating. Does somebody take a chance on Roddy White? He's out there. Chris Long might sign with the Redskins, you know, so there's, there's so much already popping off and look, I mean, these two trades with the Eagles, so you know, more trades are coming. So that's, uh, you know, Wednesday when the free agency frenzy tips off like crazy. 
Oh man, we're, we'll we will definitely be there, and we will be talking about it. You know, so listen, Jordan. Thanks for calling. We're gonna move on to some college hoops and all that good stuff. But like always, man, we appreciate it. Keep listening, and uh, we'll be back Friday Friday night to talk some more. Yeah, all great right, I'll call, be here. great. Great call. We can keep you on the air, uh, keep you on, on the line. But yeah, that's a great call, man. And, and hold it down for your Bengals down there in uh, in New Mexico. Always, always. <laughs> always. Yeah, uh, they're gonna get their moves on. You know that. We'll resign some in-house guys and and keep it in-house. That's, <laughs> that's I've accepted it. But all right, guys, I appreciate it. you having me on. <laughs> exactly, all right, man. Great call that's again. Great call yeah. again, Jordan. Appreciate it. No problem. All right, be good. Take care. So, you know, listen, I mean, this is one of those things where I got to ask you this. If, if, if he does sign with Cleveland or the Texans, where do the Broncos go? I don't know. The Broncos <laughs> basically have had Brock Osweiler in their back pocket, and this is why he's a free agent. It you could know, get real Brock- interesting real fast, right? Yeah, I I look at this free agent class of quarterbacks and mm, nobody's really exciting out there. And you got to think they've got a window of a year or two because they they got some older guys on defense, right? Uh, where obviously Von Miller's young, but they got Ware and they got Talib is, is kind of towards the middle of his career, and and you have a window where you got to try and win a second and a third Super Bowl. You can't really mess around and try to bring in a, you know, a Nick Foles or a or a even a Kirk Cousins, somebody that doesn't know the system, doesn't know the offense. I, I you got to strike now. So so Broncos have to keep their continuity in my mind and keep Brock Osweiler and maybe they need to up some more money then up some more money, but you know, go for so go for back to back. Why if not? They they did it in 1999. If they lose him, Ray, with Kubiak's system and how he likes a kind of a you know, bootleg, a little bit of a running quarterback. Do, do they trade for Kaepernick and sign RG3? And Kubiak says, you know, I'll make it work with these guys, and the, the best one will be the starter. That could very well happen. Wow. It could. It could. I have a feeling that RG3 will never be the RG3 that he was as a rookie just because you have to protect your quarterback. This is a league where your quarterback is too valuable to go down like that. And by doing that, you got in RG3's head a little bit. I'm higher on Kaepernick. So if they were to get Kaepernick, uh, you know, that could be really interesting. But, yeah, you're right. Look, Kubiak's going to be – yeah, that could that could work out great. You know, Kubiak is a quarterback guy, and I think at this point in his career, Kaepernick's tasted the good life, right? He's got he's been to a Super Bowl, he's been to an NFC Championship and lost. So he, he I think he'd be go, go in there hungry. I think a change of scenery and Colin Kaepernick might be back as a as a Pro Bowl, you know, Super Bowl ready quarterback. Some people might disagree with me, but when he's on. He's he's hard to guard, man. He, this guy has got a big, strong arm. He's big. He can run. You know, if everybody fell in love with with um, with your boy in Carolina, Cam Newton, um, to me, Kaepernick 
Kaepernick can do a lot of the things he did, does a little bit differently, but but he does a lot of the things he can do. He's a matchup nightmare. Remember, he, he ran for 180 yards against the Green Bay Packers in a playoff Thank game. You, it's crazy. Thank the Packers. Uh... All right, cool. So let's uh, let's take let's throw some beats on and come back with some college basketball as ESPN switched their. You know, everybody does stuff for hashtag, right? It used to be Championship Week. Well, now it's hashtag Champ Week. Uh, they shortened it. I, I kind of like it myself, but it's just kind of ironic. And a couple of teams like Austin P has already made it into the dance. So let's let's rock some yeah. beats and come back to college hoops. We're back, and we're back to talk some college hoops. A.K.A. March Madness, A.K.A. The Big Dance, A.K.A. Bracketism. Listen, all I want to know from you is Mammoth in? Did they beat Iona? Because that's the that's the uh, that's the those two teams you want to see who they might both make it. But Austin P already you know clicked their heels and they're in um, upsetting. I forgot who they upset it in the Ohio Ohio Valley tournament conference tournament but uh did you did you see the score i don't know mama i think they were down to it's been going back and forth oh no i didn't see the score we got to pull that up but yeah, they were on ESPN. what'd you think about yale they hadn't been in the tournaments 1962 right listen that's to me it's always been harvard and princeton right so good for yale to to get to taste it and you know they, they have some success in football but basketball gosh they haven't been good since like uh, Never Weary. <laughs> so this is. Uh, and not only that, is, but their senior. Right. I mean, we don't really follow Ivy basketball, but their senior. Oh, by the way, Mom has lost. So Ooh. they lost seventy nine, seventy six to Iona. And I think they'll still get in. I think that I they've think had so. a twenty seven and seven. They have right. what five or five or six RPI top fifty oh, wins. Yeah. They, yeah, but yeah, this is what, remember what I was telling you, right? This is where it affects probably not the Big Ten and Big 12. They'll probably both get seven teams. But this could affect the Ohio State or Michigan. It could affect, uh, you know, a Florida or, you know, that fifth or sixth ACC or SEC team. And that's where if, you know, Mammoth's not making it and Iona gets in and Austin P upsetting, I don't know, whoever was the number one seed in Ohio Valley, that's two spots that at large teams, you know, we won't even consider LSU. They're not going to make it, but – you know what I mean? So we got to look out for that because that's where it gets fascinating. You're like, wow, does that just eliminate? Like if Ohio State doesn't win one game in the Big Ten tournament, you know, you never know. That that could that could have been it for some of these teams on the bubble. You know, Con- yeah, Connecticut that's too. That's the beauty. That's the beauty of March Madness. You know, I, I got to tell you something. I was thinking today. I walked by a bar, I got to tell you, uh, and, and they were a UConn bar. And wow. when you talk about College basketball teams. This is a total, you know, non sequitur. But when you talk about college basketball teams, and you talk about Carolina, you talk about Duke, you talk about, you know, historically UCLA. Do you realize that UConn has won four national championships since 1999? So in the last 16 tournaments, they've won four of them. I mean, I feel like they're the most underrated, dominant program. And now under two coaches, right? Calhoun has three and Ali has one. But they've won four time, four national championships of the last uh, of the last 16. 
A quarter of the national championships have been UConn, and yet nobody really talks. I mean, talk about the women, but they don't really talk about you, uh, Connecticut basketball as a dominant program. And they are. And they've had dominant players, right? I mean, we saw what the run that Kemba did. We remember, you know, Ray Allen. We remember Rip Hamilton, you know, different guys. Going back to even not a winner, but Cliff Robinson. And so I think it's amazing that UConn basketball, you know, has been this good for so long. And, you know, Calhoun being such a great coach for so long. Listen, listen between the men and women, they're one of the stellar programs in, in, in college hoops, and you got to give it to them, you know, and they're, they've been improving in football, you know, over the last, you know, 10 years. So, but let, let's talk about this top, last final top 25 and, and champ week and look at some of these potential number one seeds. So you got the same guys, right? Two weeks in a row, which hasn't happened, I think, all year. Uh, maybe one other week. I can't remember what week it was, but maybe one other week. So Kansas, number one, Michigan State, two, Villanova, three, Virginia, four, Xavier, five. Oklahoma six, and I think Oklahoma, they still could have an outside shot if they win the Big 12 title game to get a number one seed. They've had a great season. Our Tar Heel seven, Oregon eight. Wow. Could you see them as a two seed? West Virginia, who I told you about, man, they took care of Baylor, went in there and put it on them, number nine. And Indiana, they took care of my Terps. They are number 10. You know, Miami dropped down because they had that bad loss. Utah's at 12. Purdue moved up. So sad, right? Louisville and SMU, their season's over. They're both top 25 teams. And because of, you know, foolishness, they're not in it. So you kind of feel bad for them. But SMU winds up 25. And, you know, Louisville. And I think this Louisville team, Ray, and Patino's probably going to come back or whatever. But, you know, they they shouldn't have been punished. I think this team had a Final Four or at least definitely a Final Elite Eight run in them. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are. but has a problem. Yeah. They need yeah. to, figure to figure out how to punish how to the punish school without punishing the students because, because you don't let you don't students let transfer. transfer. So yeah. you're trying to tell me that if I'm a that student on that student athlete on that team, if I'm a freshman or a sophomore, and all well, those kids are transferred over, those yeah, kids. Or, or better yet, yeah. And now oh. you're telling me that I have to pay the price for the institution, the coaches, whoever violating NCAA rules, that doesn't seem right because you're not letting me transfer, so I'm stuck here, and yet I'm stuck paying the price for what happened four years ago. So it, it, there, that doesn't seem right to me, and that doesn't seem like it's, it's fair to the kids. So we got to figure out a better way. And now, look, I'm not saying that, that the school shouldn't pay the price. They absolutely should, and I don't know if it's money, if it's scholarships, if it's whatever, but – the current student-athletes only get four years of eligibility. So you start taking away years of eligibility and or tournament years away from them, that's a big deal. You're totally right. And, listen, i got to be honest, I've been a big fan for years, but if I'm being fair, Patino needs to step down. He needs to resign or they need to fire him, not kiss up to him, which, you know, after somebody just criticized them on the board, they just kissed up to him. And I think, I think it, you know, listen, he's been a great coach. We love him with the Knicks, the Celtics, Providence, yada, yada. But I think Patino needs to go. And it, it, it's not right because, to me, it's on your watch. So if you didn't know, you should have known. And if it was going on as long as it did, and now what, this kid, uh, McGee, you know, he left his other school and he can't be found? 
I mean, come on. I mean, these, these kids, they shouldn't even be paying for this foolishness. Rick, I love you dearly, man, but, you know, maybe you coach somewhere else, but you shouldn't be coaching at Louisville anymore. It's just not right. So let's talk about these, let's talk about these teams, though, Ray, because those two out of the top 25 can't do anything and can't be in the dance. But we've talked about it all year with, you know, up to 16 teams potentially winning it or make it to the final four. I mean, just throwing it out random, right? Two teams I'll throw out to you. I want to ask you we believe could have a shot to go to final four, Kentucky at 16 and Maryland and Duke at 18 and 19. So three teams, you got to believe somewhere in your heart that those are three teams that could have a shot to the final four, or if the ball bounces the right way, could win it all. Now, you know, Emil Jefferson is not coming back. He's going to get, go for the medical red shirt. Plumlee stepped up. Maryland's deep and they're loaded, but they just find ways to disappear and lose. Got spanked at Indiana. And then Kentucky, they've, They've got a lot of talent. Give me your thoughts on those three teams and your thoughts on them still having a Final Four run in them. All they need to do is be a five seed. seed. That's a beautiful spot. They'll be ready. They'll be ready. I'm telling you, they'll be ready, man. I told you. So four, (laughs) five seeds or worse, going to go to the Final Four. I don't know that it's going to happen, but it could. Um, No, you know what? Right here, you can have it, right? A&M, Maryland, Duke, and Iowa. There you go. There you go. But, no, start with Kentucky. So, Kentucky probably sneaks their way into a – depending on how they do in the SEC tournament, but they could be a four seed and possibly a three seed. Um, Kentucky is peaking at the right time. Calipari has the pedigree. Tyler Eulis is a junior, yeah. so he's and ready. Uh, this like kid crazy. Murray is leading the nation in scoring last, uh, I think it's like three last three weeks or so. So he's really finding his touch. Uh, LeBussier, the the big man, is is you know he's starting to so step up a little now. bit. He has yeah. been. Uh, but you know what? They're young, they're deep, and they're talented. And remember, they have some big men on that team that have. Yeah championship experience so this goes a long way i do not want to face louisville think about if if they're the four seed and you have to face them i'm sorry kentucky and you have to face them as a number one seed oh no you don't want to play them in the tournament you don't want to play them that's a bad matchup for an up-and-coming five seed so like if if you're arizona a&m maryland duke iowa you don't want to face kentucky now, so so Kentucky will be there. I, I actually think that they're a Sweet 16 lock, depending on the you know depending on the, the brackets, but maybe a Final Eight team. Your Maryland Terps are the most intriguing team I gotta say on the board. We're kind of because an I still believe that they're a Final Four quality team. Oh I yeah. I still believe that Melo Tremble and Rashad Suleiman are a legitimate. Final Four backcourt, and you've oh, yeah. got all that size, and you've got you know uh, what's his name, Layman. Senior Are leadership. Got, Layman's a senior. Suleiman's a senior. You know, Stone is a diaper dandy. <laughs> so you've got the pieces. So the question is, why have you not been executing in the month of February? Uh, but ACC uh, tournament, you know, you'll have to play some decent. Uh, I'm sorry, Big Ten big, tournament. Big you'll have to play. Some decent, you know, some really decent teams. So you're thinking about Iowa, Michigan State, 
Uh, Indiana, Purdue, these are some really good matchups. If they start to get the ball rolling, I still think that they could be a Final Four team. And then finally, Duke, they don't play defense. But you know what? Mike Krzyzewski's teams could go out in the first round and they can go to Final Four. Now, and props I don't to our Tar Heels, Heels revenge the loss, and we went to Cameron and took care of business. I was very pleased with that result. However, but if you turn <laughs> if you turn it around and you say to yourself, that's this same team in North Carolina was down 15 and beat the Tar Heels, and Grayson oh, Allen has the experience from last year, and Duke is dangerous. Your boy Brandon Ingram is one of the best, if not the best, young stud player, probably number two pick in the draft. By the way, Plumlee is banging now down low. Oh, and by the way, this lefty, and you know i got to point out the lefties, right? Another freshman, Kennard, is nice. I think he's better. He's better. To me, than Grayson Allen last year, and he's yeah. he's pure. He's a pure but offensive. You know what's sport. great about Duke, though? Listen, right now with Kennard heating up and Allen, you know, getting his own shot in Ingram, they have three offensive like threats in terms of in the tournament. When you've got three guys that could potentially drop twenty, that's really nice. Duke is actually, and you know, I hate, ugh, I can't stand this team, but Duke is actually prime. Ooh, if they're five seed, I tell you that they, they could be, you know, in the South region or in the, in the East. A uh, five seed, they could be really tough to match up with because, like you said, they don't they don't play the great defense, but they've been, you know, when they want to, they're getting a little bit better. But Plumley averaging a double double as of late, and look now they know Jefferson's not coming back. Make it work, and they've been trying to make it work. So I think yeah, Duke is a matchup problem. Yeah, they're matchup I mean, problem. if you're yeah, if you're think about if you're a four seed and then you have to play Duke in the second round, like really, <laughs> we really have to play the defending champs in the second round. That's not that's not a good look because right now you know your number four seeds are going to be you know Miami, Utah, Purdue, Arizona, Kentucky, like those teams. They shouldn't have to face a Duke in the first round. I mean, in the and second Duke round, first weekend. Yeah, and exactly. Duke, Duke so all, all those teams have have a legitimate shot, not just a fighter's, you know, puncher's chance. They have a legitimate shot. So you know, one team that I I got to tell you that well, two things, right? I threw this out there, and I, I and I think it's a true statement, just in terms of you know, not to pile on the kid, but. Honestly, right now, I, I think as a freshman, he won't be in college, but this year as, as a freshman, I think Ben Simmons is, is overrated. And I say that, you know, because, look, you need your teammates to help you. And even though he's kind of a point four and he does handle the rock, he doesn't always bring it up. And sometimes he'll get a rebound. Now, you say that with the kid averaging something that no one's done, like what, 21, 10, and 5. I mean, that's what he has. Like, it's almost mind-boggling. Yeah. I didn't realize that his stats were that crazy. Yeah, his point like comes down team, a little bit. I think he's under 20 now. But, yeah, it's 20 and his, almost 12 boards with five yeah, assists. That's crazy. But his team is just not winning. And to me, those numbers, it's almost like they're kind of empty, right? Like, if you can't get, 
W's and remind, let's be reminded, it's not a strong SEC. I mean, you got A&M and Kentucky, and then the rest of the teams are on down years. Florida's not like traditional Florida. You know what I mean? And you got Ole Miss, Mississippi State. Bama's been better this year, but Auburn, uh, SEC basketball is at its lowest point it's been probably in 20 years, if we're being fair. And to me, you're supposed to be the number one pick, the cat's meow, and you can't get your team to the tournament? So let me ask you this. A little overrated for me, Ray. Just a little. Put on your GM cap. Can you leave a talent like that on the board? If you have the number one pick, no, no, you can have you take not him. take him for a Brandon Ingram or no, no. somebody? Philly, can you, Philly, Philly, Brooklyn, or L.A., potential number one picks, how are they not taking him? They all have to take him. If he's going to start at the four and be like a, a point four, whatever four they have in Brooklyn, Philly, you know, none of them. They, you have to take Simmons. To me, Ingram, I like his upside, but to me – Simmons' upside is more dominant because of the body and the skill. If you get him to, you know, work on it, it's not like he's got horrible form. If he can improve, and he probably can as a shooter, he could be, you know, like he's like LeBron. He really is because he can pass very – I mean, the kid's got great passing skills. So – and he and he's, uh, he's not selfish. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, we so, haven't seen a player – with his, with size, his size, have those have kind of those ball, kind skills, of ball skills, skills, you know, maybe ever. Oh, maybe. I mean, Magic Johnson is 6'9", but he was, you know, he's a legit point guard. We just had never seen a 6'9 point guard. This cat is 6'10", 6'11", and really, really, you know how Anthony Davis played guard in high school and then was 6'2", and then suddenly jumped up to 6'9", 6'10". Well, Anthony Davis has been exposed a little bit in in the sense that he's not really a little guy anymore. He, he's a big guy. So when they tried it, they tried a little bit to use him on the break, uh, you know, in the open court a little bit and have him create off the dribble. That's not really his game. But this cat, Ben Simmons, is really a legitimate talent so you're right. It's so disappointing that he hasn't led his team, hasn't made his team better, and he hasn't nope. led his team to, to to any real material, you know, winning down there in Baton Rouge. And that's but, why it's a fair statement because he won't be overrated in the pros. But I think that one year in but college. What does he do in the pros though? Because you know some of these skills that he has, maybe he's not expected to lead because those teams, you know, they're terrible teams. Those three teams, and and they're not expected to go to the playoffs, but. You start getting a reputation as you're not a winner, you're not a leader. That kind of stuff follows you around. Well, I think even though these organizations are kind of a mess, I do think they have players in the roster that he can grow with and gel with, whether it's, you know, hey, he could wind up in New Orleans. You don't know how the lottery is going to work out. If him and Davis together, oh, Oh, goodness. my God, could you imagine Ben Simmons <laughs> and Anthony Davis in the same front court? <laughs> That's oodles wow. and oodles of O's, you know. That's some they lost so yo. Oof, black medallions, no gold. That's gonna be that would be so nasty. But listen, he could very easily he can rejuvenate the Lakers. You have him and Randall together. Imagine Randall, Russell, Clarkson, good young yeah. talent. How about in it? LA? You know what I mean? So right now, Ray, when you look at the, the bottom three in the West, LA, Phoenix, and Minnesota. 
And then the bottom, you know, three in the East, Philly, um, Brooklyn, and, um, and the Knicks. So those potentially are the top six picks. Any one of them can wind up, you know, with the odds winning the lottery. Ben Simmons is a stud on any of those teams. And the Knicks don't have that pick. I'm sorry. The Knicks don't have Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Could you imagine goes. if he went to Minnesota? I think we'd move to Minnesota. We'd move the show to Minnesota. Uh, if they got Ben Simmons. Oh, my goodness. In addition to all those other be, young studs. Listen, the NBA, if they wanted to fix things to have a dominant team, can you imagine him, Towns, Wiggins and Levine, those four. I, I had to tweet this out the other night because they beat Brooklyn. It was like 132 to like 116 or 106, but it was a spanking. And the three of those guys all had over 20. And I was like, in two or three years, Minnesota is going to have three all-stars, their own big three, and they're going to be really good in the West. I, I think you're going to have to watch out for them. You're really going to have to watch out for them. So let's, you know, keep it with the NBA as we, you know, going to wind down the show, Ray. And I tell you, not just looking at the draft, but just looking at the the push for the playoffs, Ty Lawson signs with the Pacers. And, you know, look, the Bulls, their guys have come back. Butler, you know, looked good the other night. Gibson, I think, is back. They're back in the eighth seed. Derrick didn't Rose Butler been- get re-injured, though? Didn't Butler re-injure his oh, knee, though? Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, uh. That's right. Oh, Ray. You know, I don't know how I don't know if it's for the rest of the season or not, but gosh, he did. But what do you think about Ty Lawson with the Pacers? So Ty Lawson and Monte Ellis and George Hill, that's their three guard rotation. Do you think this I mean, by any chance, Miles Turner, Paul George, could the Pacers be a little dangerous? They uh, might. They just beat San Antonio tonight, by the way. They beat San Antonio yeah. tonight, nine ninety nine ninety one. So, so they played pretty well. They have a star in Paul playing George. Playing Boston or Toronto at the two, could you see the Pacers upsetting them in the first round? That wouldn't shock me. No, no. I like this Pacers team. I told you last year and this year that they are one of those weird teams that they're strangely efficient on offense when they want to be. And if they need a shot, between Monte Ellis and Paul George, they got two guys that can create their own shot, and they're another. They're a team you don't want to match up with. Again, I, I you know I don't want to diss the Celtics, but I, I don't. I'm not scared of matching up with the Celtics, right? That's not a matchup that really particularly bothers me. I would say the same thing about the Toronto Raptors. Um, you know, I love Demar Derozan and Kyle Lowry, but you know I'm not worried about playing them in a seven game series. The no, Toronto I'm worried about. Yeah. No. No, you're no. Right. Toronto I'm worried that's, about though. That's why I think if the Wizards could still get in or Detroit and get past that eight seed so they don't have to play Cleveland, you know, them and the Pacers, if they wound up getting uh six and seven, right? I, I think they could both wind up advancing over two and three, which would be Boston and Toronto. You know what I mean? I could easily see that. Let's say the Hawks and, and, and Heat stay at 4-5. That would be uh, pretty fascinating to watch to see the Pacers and the uh, Pistons, or I mean Pacers and Wizards, upset the Celtics and Raptors because it's very doable. You know, what do you think about I... Golden State and San Antonio losing on back-to-back nights? 
just shows you how tough the NBA is, especially well, in March. We're in the, the end dog of the days, season. right? Let's be honest. Yeah. We're in the dog days. You just got out of you know February, but March is a long month. They're tired. It's it, you know you haven't got the spring weather yet. You're still entering, still going to some cold cities. You're you know you're sleeping, and, and it's just like they're kind of like ah, like they they need a spring break. <laughs> NBA, the NBA players. Can we get the they, players a spring break? <laughs> you know, they need like they need a spring break. They all need to go down to South Beach and work out with Dwayne Wade, like LeBron did. By the way, do you have a problem with that? Because I, I don't know. It's today's like, NBA, you know what I mean? I know it is. These guys can be athletes and they can be competitors, and at the same time. They can be friends, and they can train together. So I guess they compartmentalize, you know, because I'm sure they don't take it easy on each other when they play against each other. They'll go they'll go at it. Oh, no, they do. They do. I, I'm not going to rip them to that point. But I think, you know, the old school guys are like, oh, gosh, I would never. And I'm like, ah, you know, listen, these guys are all AAU together. They travel, you know, the travel team. So they all know each other since they were like 15, you know what I mean? So they are legitimately friends. So you can't really, uh, you know, you you can't riff with it. But uh, let's give the Lakers some love, man. I mean, D'Angelo dropped 21. Kobe played good. Larry Nance Jr. And the Warriors get their sixth loss Sunday afternoon and shock the heck out of everybody. Is the, Put it like this. Everybody just writing the obituary for, for Byron Scott. Is he definitely gone? Could he come back next year? And do you think the young Laker pieces throw in, let's say, a Ben Simmons or whatever, do you think they have enough young pieces and they're starting to play better that they can lure a free agent this summer for Randall, Nance, Russell, and um, Clarkson? So the Lakers have always been able to land free agents. So whether it's – Well, not the last couple years they haven't. Well, you're right, but – historically Lakers have always been a destination. And I think now that Kobe's gone, every free agent would love to play in LA and be the next Kareem, Magic, Shaq, or Kobe. So in that respect, they're always, they'll always be a destination. And having said that, the cap's going up 20 million this year, 20 million next year. So money's not an issue. And they don't have anybody on that roster that makes any real money anyway. So you're going to get paid the max as a free agent, and L.A. is going to have the money to pay you. So, yeah, I think, I think you'll be able to find some, some love in L.A. Uh, so that, they'll do a free agent. Remember, they have that issue. They're, they're, their draft pick is lottery-protected top three, I think. So they could lose that, that draft pick. But this team is – in full rebuild mode the minute Kobe, you know, plays his last game. And I look at this roster and, you know, Randall and Russell. and so, I don't know that there's a star on this roster, but if a star goes there, if a Kevin Durant goes there, you know, he might be able to pull a co-star. You know what I mean? A Batman might be able to pull a Robin. And then with, with the draft pick and the three young, you know, talented first and second year players that they have now it's getting real interesting but as it stands now i don't i don't love this Lakers roster but i do right. like their potential and i do like the appeal that and Kupchak will bring a at least one if not two marquee free agents there and russell westbrook all the you know la kids you know that la kids want to come back to la i do you know what i 
I think they do, but I, I don't think they want to come back with dysfunction. And I oh, don't I, know. Oh, and the other part of that question, I think Byron, Byron Scott's gone. Okay, Byron, Byron Scott's Scott. gone. And I think, honestly, I think the way players talk to each other, I think Bus is, uh, Jim, Jim Bush has got to go too. I think if Jeannie and Phil are running it, people would be more apt to go there, bring Luke Walton probably with him to coach or, you know, somebody. And, and I think that could, that could be luring. I, I just don't know if West, I mean, this might be crazy to say, and I think you made a point about this on our last show. I, I could see Westbrook and Durant wanting to stay together. Now, I don't know if Durant might do just like one year since Westbrook's a free agent the year after, you know, just sign a one-year deal and say, let's go for it one more year. And then we leave together and they together go to LA. That could be something. But I think these guys realize we're going to be better together than we're going to be apart. And maybe we just need better pieces around us. Maybe together in LA, we can be so dynamic. Do you know what I mean? What do do you think about that potentially happening? I like it. I think these guys generally genuinely like each other and respect each other and they push each other and their games are totally different, but they make each other better. And the good thing is each of those two guys can carry the team. So you got to figure they don't need to be on the court at the same time when one is not, obviously they start the games and they finish the games, but, but there are right. times in the you know end of the end of the first quarter, beginning of the second, or, or kind of those dog minutes in the third quarter. <laughs> either guy can carry the team, which as they get older is going to be important, right? You don't always want to carry the team, because think about it. If Kevin Durant came to a bad, went to a bad team, it'd be like, it okay, Kevin, you got to carry us. You got to yeah. carry us, man. You got to score thirty every night. You got to rebound, which you can do, but you don't really want to get in there and get thirty and grab, you know, eight nine rebounds. Well, that's why I think it's better if they stay together. There, you know what that's I mean? That's exactly right. No, yeah. it's exactly right, especially offensively. You know, offensively they can each take a break a little bit. The other guy can create his own shot, and so I think that they really do benefit from being, and they're about the same age. They benefit from from just being that dynamic duo. So, I, you know, last year or the year before, I wouldn't have said it, but I think I think they they stay together. I really do. Uh, Especially you know, now with the cap going up. So money's not an issue. It's not like you sign one, you can't sign the other. Let me ask you this. Could LeBron, I mean, and people talking about this, I don't think it would happen. Could LeBron le- actually leave Cleveland and reunite no, with Riley? Wait. Nah, LeBron cannot. Look, LeBron now is in legacy mode. LeBron is in billionaire mode and legacy mode. So he, he's got two things on his mind. To be, you know, he won't be as rich as Warren Buffett, but he's trying to be in that billionaire club, and he's trying to be in that legacy club. Oh, and something else about LeBron. I'll get back to that in a sec. But what this thing bothers me about LeBron, tell me what you think about this, because yeah. – I've been hearing it more and more. LeBron, we all know how good you are, and we all know how you're the 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 most you know the best player in the league and the most important player on your team. But stop telling us that. LeBron is out there saying, "Well, you know, as the leader of this team, and you know, as the and I'm LeBron. We we get it. You know, I've never heard a star, mega star, superstar, yeah. and, and you know, Mount Rushmore type of player. Yeah, talk about himself like that." 
I think he's insecure. I know, and what? it's terrible. No, and it's I like, know, but LeBron, you've, because, you've done enough to, to not well, be Ray, insecure. Ray, he hasn't. No, no. He hasn't done enough. He's two and four. No, I'm not, he's two and four, but, but he doesn't have to tell you that he's the best player on his team, and he's the leader of his team, and he's the guy that puts his team on his shoulders. It's obvious. We know that. It's been that way since you were 19 years old you, or 17 years old. You don't need to tell us that, LeBron. Just go and, out and do it. Just go no, out no, and win. Right. I don't question him in terms of that and his greatness, and I think he's a great leader, especially on the court. But I think he is still trying to learn – how to be remember people devalue and this is why i tell people all the time dwayne wade it's jordan kobe dwayne wade he's the third best shooting guard of all time because he's the one that sort of said i'll let lebron take the lead so we can win that first year with dallas in that finals they didn't you know they were both still the a guy nobody went to like b plus and dwayne stepped back and, you know, physically he was starting to, he needed to. But even remember in the year when they won the championship against the Thunder 2012 on that playoff run, two different games and two different series, Dwayne Wade was the go-to guy and the one that yeah, dropped. Yeah, Indiana, he scored that 41 points in right? Indiana. Yeah, at Indiana, and then I think one against uh, maybe Boston or whatever. He's the one that had to kind of lead. And I think in Cleveland, LeBron – and look, now no fault of his own because he went crazy last year in the finals and won two games by himself with a little help from Delhi Della Vadova. But you know, LeBron's trying to sort of show Kyrie and Love and just everybody that I can be that leader and sort of in every way to do it. And he's just clunky about it, and he's kind of figuring it out. And he's like a big puppy dog in a way, even though he's a grown-ass man. But isn't it strange? You never heard Kareem. You never heard Magic. You never heard Michael. You never heard Kobe. You never heard Shaq say, well, I'm the leader of the team, and as the leader I have to do this, and everybody needs to follow me, and I I rally around my teammates, and my teammates rally around me, and I show that, you know, I show the way. And LeBron, you don't need to say that. You're a leader. You lead. You don't need to tell people that you lead. You know what I mean? So it just just hit me this week. I agree. He he can't leave Cleveland because if he leaves Cleveland, they'll without a championship, that is. If he wins a championship, he can do whatever he wants. But if he doesn't bring a championship to Cleveland, team that a uh, city that hasn't won a championship since 1960 in any sport, yeah, and, and that was the Browns with the great Jim Brown. You they, think they kill him? Yeah. They, the fans they just kill, kill him so much. They that, kill that him in the media. Legacy. That kills his legacy. Oh. And remember how much LeBron wants to be the nice guy, right? Remember how playing the villain the first year and a half in Miami didn't work for him. Like so no, he needs to win. He can't leave. He can't leave Cleveland without a ring. So you're saying he couldn't go to Miami and meet up with Durant and the two of them win with Dwayne Wade? No, been there, done that. He's 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 in legacy mode, right? So having to leave again to meet a superstar to become a big two or a big three again, that would be value his greatness. It'd be funny looking. Yeah, yeah nah, that's not I'll a good you. look. He can't do nah, that. Nah, nah. I don't. I don't think it'll happen. So look, we we got some great NBA games coming up this week. I don't know the Warriors schedule and stuff, but. I know that they, they've got a, a big one. I don't know if they're playing the Spurs this week coming up. they got some games coming. So that's going to be fascinating to see. Look, to finish the season, they have to go 18-3 and three 
to get 73 wins to break the record. So the question is, can they go 18 and three to finish it out? Stay tuned. And we'll be back Friday to talk about it some more. Look, Curry shooting one for 10 against the Lakers. Look, it's it took, bound to Think about this. It took a, it took a one for 18 between Thompson, <laughs> Thompson and Curry, the Splash Brothers, for them to lose. So it takes a great performance on the other side and a really, really bad performance on their side for them but to lose. But they lose to bad teams, right? They're not losing to OKC and the Spurs. So I give them credit right. for that. They step up. They just kind of like, you know, they don't – I don't think they're giving 110% when they lose to the Lakers or – you know, lose to who's the other team, Milwaukee. You know what I mean? They're tired. They're just like, uh, okay, whatever happens. But, look, it's championship week. Enjoy the games. Enjoy, you know, Saturday. Well, we'll talk about it Friday because, you know, they'll be heading to the semifinals. But the Big Big Ten's always on Sunday. Sunday Selection Sunday. Ray and Tay Monday, our bracketism special. We're, we're doing – with Ray and Tay, and then we're affiliated with Tink Sports. You got to check it out. Go to TinkSports.com. We're doing an entertainers, living entertainers bracket. So we're doing comedians and actors and one in, in the region. We're facing the final four and then music and variety. So, mu- you know, musical artists that also act and host and do other things. You can't just sing or rap. You have to do other things like Ice Cube, Madonna, Beyonce, whoever, right? Uh, J-Lo. And then, so that's music variety is going up against host. So Letterman, Oprah, Ellen DeGeneres, Jimmy Fallon. So it's going to be really fun. Check it out. We'll have it up on rayandtaytoday.com, tinksports.com. We'll tweet it out and um, you guys vote and we'll see who's the, the, fi- the final four entertainers and the number one entertainer in uh, this March madness. It'll be the entertainers madness with Ray and Tay. I think it'll be a lot of fun. So we hope you enjoy that. So, uh, you know, have fun and, and, and tweet that out and, and spread it with your friends. And we'll be back Friday, man. We will For be sure. Back. So have a great sports week. Enjoy the basketball. Enjoy football free agency. And we'll see you on Friday. Yes. And I still say thank you for the love and prayers. Keep praying for my son, Jackson Taylor. He's healing from strep pneumonia and getting better. We love you, Jack. And hopefully you'll be home soon. Peace.